0: Hey, Tyler Shields here, pastor of Rockhouse Baptist Church. I want to personally thank you for tuning in to our podcast today. We pray that the message inspires you, encourages you, challenges you to be the person that God desires you to be. And be sure to check us out online at rockhousebaptist.org where you can find out more about how to connect, grow, and go. And now, today's message. Now, some of us Baptists, you know, we want to be so modest and meek and unmovable. And we begin singing, I'm like a tree planted by the water. I shall not be moved. Can you get an amen or an oh me? <laughs> Taking back what the enemy has stolen. Love stories. How many love stories? Say, mm-hmm. All right? Taking back what the enemy has stolen. And the story out of the Old Testament, 1 Samuel the 30th, chapter 1 through 8. Don't cheat. Don't open your Bibles. It's a trust thing with me. Then... After you leave here, go and see what thus says the Word of God. See, I I taught on the college level as well as the high school level, as well as the elementary level, as well as in prison. Yeah, I did. Because I kept hearing people say, I don't know what this younger generation is coming to. How many's ever said that? You know, when we get older and we look back, I don't know what them kids are coming to. Well, guess what our parents and grandparents said about us? Don't know what, you know. Right? Well, I decided to go see. And I was amazed at what God is producing. And and so as we go out, and that's the idea, going out, we have turned so inward that we can't see outward, okay? Most of us, like Dr. Johnny Hunt said in his observation, and I agreed while we were in conference at Liberty University, he said, I have observed over the years that we have a lot of church members but few followers of Christ, there is a significant difference. Nothing wrong with being a church member. I'm a church member. But you have to be more than just a Baptist or a Pentecostal or a wholeness or whatever. You're going to have to be a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I've noticed the other day I was out in the community and I witnessed to Justin. Pray for Justin. Justin is a lost person from Clay County. And this is what Justin, big, tall, bulky, red-haired fellow. I had to look up to him. Well, most people I have to look up to, but this one in particular, really up there, you know, head in the clouds. And I said, can I ask you a personal question? He said, sure. Are you Christian? And he kindly, reluctantly said, yeah. I said, have you personally invited Jesus Christ into your heart and life? Well, no, but my whole family's Christian. I've observed a lot of people because dad or grandpa or grandma or mom or uncle. No, that doesn't make you a Christian. You must be born again. That's, you know, and again, when that blood of the Lord Jesus Christ is applied to your heart and my heart, it goes down to soul level. I believe it cleanses us from all unrighteousness. And there's a new vein of blood flowing through us. Amen? Can not get an amen? You Baptists should have jumped up and said, Amen! We are blood people. Amen? We are blood kin. How many just grew up hearing that? And Mama said, Don't never get above your raising. How many grew up on that? I said, Mom, if we go anywhere, we get above. <laughs> By the way, pray for my mom tomorrow We take her to the doctor, Dr. House, there in Corbin. Uh, She is 87, be 88 in February, a severe diabetic, already had four toes amputated on the right, and looks like the toes are going to have to come off on the left. But her mind's like a bear trap. But she hasn't called me any names that she's called my sisters, so I'm good. (laughs) I'm good, all right? All right. One is a, well, my niece is an aggravating sow. Isn't that a a pet name? And and one is a heifer. And what was the other one? Ann's not going to touch it with a 10-foot pole. But I love these name-calling, amen? Call it like it is, amen? If you're a sow, you're a sow. If you're a cow, you're a cow. And if you're a heifer, you're a heifer, amen? And that's just what I told my sisters. I said, well... Get beyond it. Taking back what the enemy has stolen. And it came to pass, as David and his men had been in battle for three days and returned to Zeklag in the land of Palestine, they returned to something they wasn't prepared for. They returned... To find that their city had been burned and all their women and children were gone. And so David and his 600 soldiers wept until they had no more energy, no more power to weep. Have you ever wept? Have you ever cried so long that you couldn't cry no more? They wept. Here is a warrior. I mean, David and his men, they're not pushover guys. And the Bible says they wept until they could weep no more. They had no more strength, no more energy. They just emptied themselves. And then you would think by the burning of their homes and their families all gone, if that wasn't enough, then the soldiers turn on David. (laughs) They turn on their leader. You have a soldier that's your leader. Am I correct? He's a soldier. He's a way. And I asked your pastor, I said, what does... Your congregation need to hear. Uplift them, Tom. <laughs> Uplift them. You know, I don't know about you, but it don't take a very big person to put somebody down. We don't need to take and put one another down. We need to build one another up. And the Bible says, if I, I the Son of Man, be lifted up, I will draw all people to me. How many believes that? How many behaves according to that? I believe as David and the soldiers came back in after three days out in battle, by the way, they wasn't fighting for Israel because you remember the teacher between King Saul, the first king of Israel, and David, you remember? And Saul tried to kill David, and David was fighting other battles. Outside the land of Judah. And and so he comes back in and and all is gone. (laughs) Nothing left. Nothing. And then in that sixth verse, I love what it says. In that sixth verse of the 30th chapter, 1 Samuel. In that story. He says... And I encourage myself in the Lord, my God. I don't know about you, but some, you know, my wife is my best friend. And she told me not to tell you today's her birthday, so I won't. <laughs> okay. So, But there are sometimes just... You've got to encourage yourself. You've got to be a self-motivator. You know, you can't can't say, well, I I just can't do that. Yes, you can. It's amazing what you can do when you have to do it. And uplift one another. (laughs) Well, I just don't feel like it, Tom. Get over your feelings and get into faith. Amen? What does feelings have to do with anything? I guarantee you, your pastor had much rather be here than in his training. But his training is necessary not only for Leslie County, not only for Rock Baptist Church, but for our nation. We're enjoying the freedoms of our nation because of people like Tyler and Caitlin in the Easton that are sacrificing for us. And that's what David and his men were doing. But then they came back and found... Devastation. How do you uplift? How do you get uplifted? How do you get encouraged? And then he calls the priest to him and says, bring me the ephod. That's like an altar area. And something I've noticed that your pastoring and Rock House has done, you have removed the pulpit. What have you done with it? Huh? Where did you hide it? I don't have anything against the pulpit, but you know what? That we have over the years in our history, and our tradition and culture, separated laity from clergy. I believe we're all on the same level. I'm an Ezekiel person. (laughs) Sitting among the people and weeping with them and rejoicing with them and being on the eye level because we're all ministers of Christ. There's no big eyes and little U's in the kingdom of God. And we're going to have to get over that and get on with it. So David said, bring me that ephod. And let me pray. See, so he encouraged himself in the Lord his God. You have to be encourager. Have you ever, well, let me give you a story Miss Maddie, you don't know Miss Maddie over in central Kentucky. Maddie and Pete, Deacon family, a a church where we pastored years ago. I made the mistake of asking Miss Maddie how she felt. Unbeknownst to me, which I found out, she was a constant complainer. Have you ever ever ran a... It's nobody like that here at Rock House Baptist Church, I know. We're talking about those folks out there, amen? And and Miss Maddie, lo and behold... She poured and poured and poured in time. I walked away from Miss Maddie. I was hurting from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. I would never hurt so much. I, I, I didn't know that the body could sustain such suffering. I really didn't until I met Miss Maddie. Have you ever? Huh? Well, the next time Miss Maddie called, I pointed to Ann. I said, you pick up the extension. I can't carry this load alone. <laughs> You know, and, and, and wonderful people, wonderful people, but just a constant complainer. I don't care if, if, if you took and put milk in Cheerios, they'd want skim milk. If you put skim milk, they'd want buttermilk. Are you with me? David and the 600 soldiers with him was in dire need, devastation. But then he... Praise! He goes to the Lord, and he asks God, "God, shall I pursue?" He didn't know what the Amalekites had done with his family, their family, the women and the children were, you know. But the Bible says they just burned the zigzag, the, the town, all their homes took all the herds, destroyed all the crops, burned everything. But they killed none. They took them all captive. Now, this is not part of the story, but it tells a little bit later how that in David's prayer, he sought God and asked God, Shall we pursue? Is <laughs> a good indication they were alive. Yes, you can pursue them. Pursue them. And God said to David in his prayer, you will overtake them, you'll overcome them, and you will retake what the enemy has stolen. All right? Now, John 10, 10, we have to understand what that scripture is saying. That's a scripture that I learned in Africa. It etched in, it burned in when I was overtaken by the enemy. And they snapped uh, an AK-47, but the bullet didn't go off. I'm here. How many knows that I'm here? How many knows I'm not Tyler? (laughs) I'm Tom. And I know about the enemy. uh, John 10, 10 etched into my memory, into my very fabric of being. The thief comes not but to steal and to kill and destroy. But I've come, Jesus is talking, but I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And those eight thugs, no doubt from Mangochi, Africa, which is 99.9% Muslim, and we were sending missionaries from Blandtai Malawi into Mangochi several hours away under the cover of darkness at night, (coughs) and we were baptizing. Now, I wasn't. The nationals were. They were baptizing those that would say yes to Jesus. Tomorrow starts Ramadan in the Muslim world. 1.2 1.2 billion will be praying and they pray with their eyes open and their hands open and they're warning God's blessing and I'm telling you and I challenge you rock house founders church to pray for the muslim world that they will come to know Jesus Christ is their savior and their lord and watch what God will do We witnessed that but the enemy wanted to steal and to kill and to destroy You see, but you have to understand John 10, 10 in order to really understand the story in 1 Samuel 30, 1 through 8. Understand that he is a thief. What does a thief do? Takes things without permission. See, that's what the Amalekites did. They were thieves. They came in. And they took the women and the children. Boy, big courageous men, big courageous soldiers. Amen? Same thing in the Muslim world, the ISIS soldiers. They prey upon the defenseless. They're cowards. They're cowards. Make no mistake about it. But I've seen ISIS soldiers through the testimony of missionaries where they kill this Christian and one Christian handed the Bible. To this ISIS soldier said, I know you're going to kill me, but I want you to take my Bible, and I want you to read it. The ISIS soldier went ahead and killed this Christian, but later on the ISIS soldier began to read the Word of God and was saved, and now he's preaching the gospel. God can do great and marvelous and mighty things if we'll just allow him to do it. When you get past the past, have you ever been devastated? Have you ever been hurt? And you're carrying that around, that grudge. I don't know about you, but grudges hold you back. Grudges will hold you down. Amen? I'm Irish. I'm mountain. I don't forget nothing. Man, a grudge is something that I can just beat up on you with. Amen? And I pull it out of that grudge bag, and I just whop you a good one. But you know what? The one that has committed the wrong, it's not bothering them anymore, but it's eating you and my lunch if we hold that grudge. But David said, I'm going to pursue. And God said, you're not going to only pursue, but you will overtake them. Now, fast forward about the story. They come up on a man that's left behind, an Egyptian. From the Amalekites, band, that they'd taken him captive, but then he fell sick, and they left him behind to die. That's what the enemy does. They'll take you captive, but they won't take care of you. If you can't benefit them, they will kill you. They will leave you for dead. And so they fed him water. For three days, he's without food and water. And they brought his strength back. (laughs) But then he negotiated with David and his soldiers. I'll tell you if you promise you won't kill me. That's a pretty good negotiator, amen? (laughs) That's pretty good. Yeah. I'll tell you if you won't kill me. And so they they, they fed him uh, fig and raisins, fig cakes. Have you ever had a fig cake? I love figs. They're good if you like them. (laughs) and raisins, and and nourished him back to health, and he gave them instructions how to find the Amalekites. And sure enough, David and his soldiers, listen, it was 600 of them, but 200 of them got too weak, and so they were left behind. That's what God does sometimes. In uplifting the church and sending the missionaries out, he'll leave a core group It's not quite up to that task. (laughs) Don't quite have the encouragement, the excitement, the enthusiasm for the kingdom, or the strength, and he'll send out these 400. And so they go. And sure enough, they come upon Amalekites. (laughs) And those 400 with David said, They from daylight to dark slay them, wipe them out. What a soldier, amen? (laughs) If you're going to kill, kill for crying out loud, amen? You say, well, we don't believe in killing. Listen, the Bible said if the good man of the house knew what time the thief was going to enter, he would have prevented it. Now you fill in the blank. And the book of Ecclesiastes says there's a time to kill. Amen? Justified. The enemy is the enemy. Name it. Claim it. Are they redeemable? Absolutely. But some is so possessed by the devil that God only knows, and he'll take care of us. He took care of me. When the eight thugs pulled the trigger on the AK-47, the thief comes not but to steal and to kill. They not only took the truck that you had bought for me and Ann and Natasha, but they wanted to take my life. (laughs) Jesus said, not today. (laughs) Not today. It's not going to help but they got a lot of tapes and a lot of Scripture in the tribal language, and I believe some of those thugs got saved. I just, I'm just made to believe that. I said, man, and you're talking about scared. When they pulled the trigger on the AK-47 that didn't fire, they cut out. That's what the enemy does, retaking what the enemy has stolen. When the Christian, when the church... When the associations of the churches stand, I'm telling you, you can reclaim Leslie County for the glory of God. (coughs) First, the removal of the sin delivered. Have you ever had a package delivered you just didn't really care about? Huh? Have Have you really experienced a surprise that you really didn't want to be surprised with? I have. And I said, I could, have, I could have done without that. And that's what Satan delivers. <clears throat> he brings a delivery of something that is devastating. He, and that's what sin does. Removal of the sin that was delivered by the enemy. <laughs> See, his troops was going to stone him. Stone David. Because they were so grieved. Have you been so grieved that you felt like, man, where's the Christian? Where's the church? And we turn upon one another. That's what Satan wants us to do. He wants us to turn upon one another. And if we fight one another, then he's sitting back and just giggling. <laughs> Look at him, dumb Baptist. <laughs> Come on. Amen? But if we love one another, there's no law against that. And I remember on several pastorates I went. By the way, next week we'll be at a church that has a history of problems. They're without a pastor again. And they're discouraged, disillusioned, hurting. And I'll probably walk in and make some mad. (laughs) And the others get glad. And... I'll say something like this. Well, it's pretty obvious. I'm going to have to come in here and love the devil out of some of y'all. <laughs> you know, that goes over like a lead balloon. Amen? Are you with me? I believe we need just table it and then let the person that is guilty remove it. Remove it. Because if you don't move... God's not going to force you to move. What's the one sin that must be removed? Unbelief. Because of their unbelief, Jesus Himself could not perform the miracles in Jerusalem because of their unbelief. How many believe that God can save the lost? Amen. How many believes that God can reclaim the backslider? How many believes that God can take a church member and transform them into a follower of Christ? <laughs> I don't know about you, but I know from personal experience what God hath done. Not only the removal of the sin that was delivered but also the renewal, the renewal. When was the last time that you got up and sat out and watched the sunrise come up in the eastern sky and just worshiped God? Man. When was the last time that you felt renewed in the spirit that I've got my second breath? Man. Man. This is revigorating. Man, this is good. No, this is great. We usually settle for good and never strive for the great. Oh, this is good. Brian said, I, had, I, I printed 30. He didn't have a high view of my preaching this morning, did he? Yes, he did. <laughs> Amen. Amen. He said, I gave them all out. I said, well, do you have a copier right back there you can make more prints? Yeah. I didn't say that. But I thought it. Well, the first time God don't answer my prayer, pray again. This morning, we came through the ATM, you know, before you come to Leslie County, you know, need to go through the ATM, amen, or Walmart, Amen. And so we go through the ATM, and, and, and by the way, our debit card was late from PNC. Now, what kind of banking is that? They let your credit card run out for crying out loud. That's lousy workmanship, amen? Come on. Last of May, it expired. Got my card in the mail yesterday. and still waiting on hers, and today's her birthday. Well, she told me not to tell you that. So I go through the drive-thru because it's raining, stuck it activate it, right? You've got to put it in to activate it, amen? And it it's back a message says, no financial transactions are available. I say, do what? I know I got some in there, amen? And has been added again. So I go around to the other side of the bank. I'm not going to stop on one. Rejection? No, that's not me. I go around to the other. I get out in the rain. I go in and I plug that sucker in again. And guess what? I not only got a receipt, I got cash. If you fail the first time, you don't quit. That's what David and the soldiers did. They had to pursue the enemy to take and retake what the enemy had stolen. You don't quit. You don't stop. Stand with me. Turn to your neighbor. Turn to your neighbor. I know some of you Baptists and Pentecostal and so on and so forth say, well, who's my neighbor? Well, the one that's next to you. And if you don't like that neighbor, get out of the pew and go to the next pew. Turn to your neighbor. Say, neighbor, I love you. And it ain't nothing you can do about it. Let's have an invitation. Let's have an invitation. And here, what do you need? Do you need that removal? You need that renewal, or do you need that restoration? Now I'm light on the restoration because it's more to come tonight. Luke fifteen eleven through thirty two, the story there on restoration. Which one do you need? Do you need that removal? God can remove it. But don't stop at just removing it. You're going to have to have an infilling of the Holy Spirit of God. That renewal, that fellowship. If there's someone here this morning that is without Christ, you especially are special in God's eyes. For the Son of Man come to seek and to save that which was lost. But the thief comes to steal and to kill and destroy. But I've come that you might have life and have it more abundant. I know about the abundant life. I'm living it. Three tours in Vietnam. The enemy wanted to take my life. But God said, not yet. As a missionary in Africa, the enemy wanted to take my life. And God said, not yet. But one day, someday, God will graduate me from here. He'll take me to heaven. And what I want to hear more than anything else from the master's lips is, Well done, good and faithful servant. Oh, how we need servants today. That has a heart for servitude. How desperately we need that. Oh, where's your heart this morning? Will you... Give it to Christ. Say, here am I, Jesus. Send me. Send me. Who's going to play the keyboard? Thanks again for tuning in today. And remember, the greatest decision that you could ever make is to place your faith in Jesus Christ for salvation and begin a personal relationship with Him. Again, thanks for listening. God bless.